This is The Think Tank with Dr. Mike O'Neill talking about the major political, economic, and social issues of the week. KTAR News on 92.3 FM and KTAR.com. The Think Tank. We have with us a couple of top attorneys, and we're going to talk about a number of legal issues, some, some things going on in the state of Arizona, some Supreme Court cases which play in Arizona. Uh, our guests are Attorney Tom Ryan and also Attorney Paul Charton, who was, among other things, uh, a former U.S. attorney and therefore uh, has experience directly in the criminal side of things. Um, I am going to start out with a little bit of a sort of paraphrasing of a piece written by columnist Lori Roberts, and it it gets to the issue of potential electoral interference. Kelly Ward, Republican chairman to supervisor chairman, chairman of the Board of Supervisors, uh, Hickman, who in the Board of Supervisors are the is the body that is legally charged with running elections in Maricopa County. November 7th, votes being counted. We need, and I quote, we need you to stop the counting. A week later, you have all the power you need to make it happen. She's lobbying him to chase baseless conspiracy theaters that Dominion was somehow fixing the vote. And by that evening, the ballot, after the ballot count showed Biden had won the county, quote, POTUS will probably be calling you. A week later, November 20th, the supervisors are scheduled to certify Biden's win over Trump She's asking Hickman and Supervisor Steve Shirky to delay the certification vote. Quote, why not wait for 1123, she asked. Seems that you're playing for the wrong team and people remember. Wrong team. Shortly before the supervisor certified the Biden win, she makes one last try. Sounds like your fellow Republicans are throwing in the towel, she wrote to Supervisor Bill Gates. Very sad and very un-American. One final thing to put this into context that Lori Roberts reported, ARS, citation from the law, 16-1004, and I quote, a person who in any election knowingly interferes in any manner with an officer of such election in the discharge of the officer's duty or who induces an officer of an election or officer whose duty it is to ascertain, announce, or declare the result of sex election, to violate or refuse to comply with the officer's duty or in any law regulating the election, is guilty of a Class 5 felony. My question, is this not a crime? Paul Charlton, you were former U.S. attorney appointed by George W. Bush, and I know... Every lawyer will answer a question like that. It depends. It depends on other circumstances and things like this. But to this layman, I I read that definition of a crime and I look at that sequence of events. Doesn't it at a very minimum suggest to you that this this is uh, certainly warrants an investigation, if not if not being conclusive evidence of a crime? It's a great question. Um, It's it's an important statute. It represents an important principle protecting our democratic institutions. And one would hope that Mark Burnovich in the attorney general's office is looking to see whether or not a crime occurred here. But – and the, and, the, and this is an important but in that uh, statement – one has to consider that in order to prove a crime here, the prosecutors in that case would have to prove that the individual reaching out to those public officials intended 
to get those public officials to do something that was in itself unlawful. Now, I don't believe that all people uh, are sincere when they say that the election was stolen. But there are some people who do genuinely believe that the election was stolen. A prosecutor's hurdle here would be to prove that, for example, Ms. Ward genuinely brought a public official to get a public official to do something that they ought not to do. There are a number of Republican, conservative, and currently elected officials who will tell you and have told us often that the election was not stolen. And there are a number of other individuals who will say that it was. So that's going to be the hurdle for any prosecutor that looks at the facts and the law here. If someone has a mistaken belief about a set of facts uh, and then they go ahead and violate something like Title 16, Section 1004, does that mistaken belief actually uh, constitute a, a defense in your opinion? Because – Almost all, with some very few exceptions, felony offenses require that you act with intent, that you knowingly violate the law. That's right, Tom. So you're going to have to show that Ms. Ward knew that what she was doing was something unlawful as opposed to, and we can't tell at this point in time, genuinely believed that what had happened here was that someone stole the election. What about this? And Let's take a look at this issue for a moment temporarily uh, in time. So the process after an election is um, ballots are counted, uh, the election is uh, checked and rechecked to make sure that the machines work correctly, that uh, there wasn't elements of fraud, and then ultimately uh, the Board of Supervisors uh, signs off on it, and then there's also the signing off on it by the Attorney General, the Governor, and the Secretary of State. In short, there is an incredibly detailed process that occurs uh, to verify that the results were uh, not the result of fraud and that there wasn't any, quote, stolen election. So if somebody's in that pro- – if somebody's stepping in at that time to make – to, uh, you know, berate a, a county board of supervisor member or tell them the president doesn't want you to do this, does that make a difference to you? When you look at it temporarily, I mean, you, do you, if you start expanding the facts, so to speak – not so to speak, if you started taking a broader view of the facts, does that make a difference, do you think? The chronology is critical. And as you've laid it out, those facts would be very important. What happens, though, I believe, is that there are people who will embrace any statement made by President Trump, believe any statement made by President Trump. And President Trump has oft repeated what many Republican conservatives say is a lie, that this election was stolen. And so, going back to my other point, if Ms. Ward believes the president, embraces this misstatement by the president, then it will be difficult, even in the face of the chronology that you very well set out, Tom, to prove that she, beyond a reasonable doubt, made or committed a crime here. Let me test the waters one more time. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) This is great. I I love having, uh, having a chance to talk to Paul. Well, Paul, let's take it. Let's take it even broader for a moment here. So if you look, for example, uh, at what happened on January 6th where there was the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol, many of those people believed that they were actually starting the next revolution you know, uh, to overthrow the, the king, in this case the deep state or whatever they were thinking about. They honestly believed they were acting uh, on orders, literally acting on orders from President Trump 
yet we see the federal government arresting them and prosecuting them and saying, your mistaken belief uh, does not work as a defense uh, to your your criminal conduct that day. It, do you see a difference between what's, what was going on there and what uh, Kelly Ward, Rudy Giuliani, and others were doing with the Board of Supervisors out here? So the difference there is that uh, I know when the police are telling me not to enter the Capitol, and I enter the Capitol in any case, that I am trespassing. I may believe that there's a greater good in that action, but the case against those individuals is a relatively simple one. You ought not to have entered. The law says you cannot enter. You entered, you trespassed, you committed acts of violence, and therefore you're in violation of the law. What will be interesting to see, Tom, is whether or not someone doesn't raise the defense, because as you know, hundreds of people have been charged. There are going to be trials Mm -hmm. in that hundreds of people. And it will be interesting to see if someone doesn't raise, for example, a necessity defense. And Tom knows what that is. That's a defense in which you say, it was necessary for me to do what would otherwise have been a crime so as to protect life and liberty. Yeah. Oh, those those defenses are already being made in, in these uh, insurrection cases. You're absolutely right. We're going to move on. We're going to break. But I, I have one short question. I hope I get a short answer, Paul. You are <laughs> you have been U.S. attorney in charge of prosecuting cases, and you have presented what the defense in this case is. Let me ask you just a short and simple question. Do you personally believe that Kelly Ward was trying to really believe that the election was being stolen here? What I believe is that there are a number of very cynical politicians who do not believe that the election was stolen here and who are working the system in order to benefit themselves personally. Uh, Kelly Ward is a post-truth politician, and uh, she's acting in that principle. We'll be back. Trump company was indicted. We're going to talk about what what does that mean, among (laughs) other things, when a company rather than an individual is indicted, when we return in just a moment in the think tank. Summer in the city, back of my neck, getting dirty and gritty. Bend down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the side. 